Oh, hi there, and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Scherzarko, and this week we have just about the most pairing episode of Pairing yet. Cats and Wine, a.k.a. the best things in life. For those of you hoping for a Cats the Musical episode, I'm sorry, this isn't it. Though we do talk about that in the Gas Station Wines episode with Michelle Agresti, so definitely check that out. In this episode, I was joined by film buff John Paul Sorelli, who is the creator and writer for Mondo Volgari, to talk about notable cats in film and other media. I've mentioned it before, but Mondo Volgari is just an awesome page and blog focusing on horror and cult films. If you don't already, go like his page on Facebook right now, or follow him on Twitter at Mondovolgare, or visit his website at mondovolgare.com. I'm not even that huge of a horror fan, but if you like film in general, you will appreciate the funny, thoughtful, and informative posts that John Paul writes. He is just a delight, and we are both cat lovers, so we thought it would be fun to do a little roundup of movies and other media with cats in them. Okay. Before we start, because I know you're all thinking it, believe it or not, we recorded this before Captain Marvel came out, so we do not discuss Goose, the cat slash flurkin who has captured all of our hearts. We'll be sure to talk about Goose in our inevitable Captain Marvel episode, so don't you worry. But if Captain Marvel, which is absolutely amazing, go see it right now if you haven't yet, and Goose have piqued your interest in cinematic felines, this episode is a great place to start for your next adventure. Okay, I have one huge request to ask of you all this week. Thanks to our friends at Multitude, shout out to Amanda McLaughlin and Eric Silver of previous episodes, we have created a listener survey. We're trying to figure out how to make pairing better and better and help it become more accessible to more people. So if you are willing to take about 10 minutes out of your day and fill out that survey, you can do that at bit.ly slash pairing survey. There's a link in the show notes. It can be entirely anonymous, but if you do send us your email, I will send you a personalized thank you with a wine fun fact. Thank you to those of you who have already filled that out. Your feedback is truly invaluable. Again, you can take that survey at bit.ly slash pairing survey. And don't worry, the cats make an appearance. Speaking of cool cats, we would like to thank our newest patron, Murunmai Joshi, whose beautiful name I probably just butchered, so I'm really, really sorry. Thank you to Murunmai and all of our other patrons, and especially our producer, Emma Cohen, who is sassier than Sally Field, and most especially our advanced producer, Mara Zobrist, who would definitely survive an alien attack on the Nostromo. We're going to be shaking some things up on the Patreon soon, so be sure to come check it out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. And don't forget that if you can't support us on the Patreon, the best way you can support us is by telling a friend about us. I know you know someone who loves cats and probably loves wine too, so maybe send them a link to this episode and get them listening to pairing. All right, without further ado, here is episode 34, Cats and Wine. All right. I am super excited to welcome to pairing today John Paul Sorelli, who is the creator, writer of Mondo Volgare, a horror blog, which you should follow on Facebook if you don't already. It's amazing. And John Paul, 
what are we going to be talking about today? Well, I think we're going to be talking about movies with cats in them. Listeners, I would like the record to show that uh, this actually was not my idea, believe it or not. But there is maybe never been an episode of pairing more on brand than this. So thank you, John Paul, for the, the brilliant idea. I mean, it is in your logo. so It's true. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cats and wine. It's it's the dream. I'm also I'm wearing my T-shirt that my mom got for me that says a woman cannot survive on wine alone. She also needs cats. And it's got a bunch of cats and some wine on it. That seems appropriate. I don't have a cat shirt, so I'm not wearing one. But oh, you're, I should have lied there. and said I was because th- they can't see that. You'll get there, John Paul. Uh, someday. <laughs> someday. And you are, you are a recent cat parent or new, new cat parent, relatively speaking. Yes. Uh, since about a little over four months ago, yeah. Ugh. And I believe your cat's name is Crow. That is correct. Which is adorable. Yes, I didn't. I didn't name her, but I certainly approve of the name. You didn't name her. Oh, that's so, that's so perfect, though. I know. I know. She's. I, I mean, I like to think in my mind that she's named after either the movie The Crow or Crow from Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Oh my so god! Oh, either yes. way works for me. So good. Our our second cat. So our first cat who we named Queen, she came with the name Chloe, but we mm-hmm. were like, nah, that's boring. And we were like, she's obviously a queen. So her full mm-hmm. name is Queen Catherine, obviously. But then Loki, who is our new cat, she she came with the name Loki, and she was named Loki because her previous owners thought she was a boy, even though she's a tortoise shell. And I believe like 0.01% of tortoise shells are male. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Starting off with a cat fun fact. Knowledge right away. Yeah, knowledge right away. Dropping knowledge. But we kept we kept Loki for her because uh, it's it's very appropriate. She is very mischievous. And we also, we call her Kiki most of the time. Which seems like a good segue into one of the movies we wanted to talk about. Indeed, yeah. Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> uh, several Miyazaki movies really fit, but... I. Kiki's yes. Delivery Service, I think, I think is the one that has the biggest role for a cat in it. I think so, too. Did you see there? there's a new Studio Ghibli, or Ghibli, I still don't know how to pronounce it, um, <laughs> movie on Netflix. It's not Miyazaki. It's his company. Oh, but what's it called? Something, something which, and, and she's got cats in there, too. It's, it's I, kind I of I think like, I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, though. It's Mary the Witch or something. Mm-hmm. I'll... I'll I'll look it up and and double check, but it's it's okay. It's good, but it's not mm. nearly as good as any of the Miyazaki movies. Right? Yeah, they rarely are. Yes, there. I don't think most movies are as good as Miyazaki right, yeah, movies. True. But yes. So in case you haven't seen it, and I haven't seen it in a long time, and I was going to try to rewatch it before this, but it is like impossible to find streaming yeah i'm i'm meant to rewatch this one too because i haven't seen it in a while either and it's it's one of the few miyazaki movies that i don't own yeah me too me too which i have to change Um, obviously i should because i really do love this movie yeah it's really great and phil hartman plays the voice of the cat and that's always a bonus so that's so that's one thing so i was because i couldn't rewatch it i was like doing a little bit of research on like Wikipedia, and I found out some interesting stuff about the difference between the original Japanese and the English dub. Mm-hmm. Apparently, 
in the Japanese version, Gigi the cat was voiced by a uh, by a woman, while as you said, Phil Hartman voices Gigi in the American in the English dub. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they change kind of like Gigi's tone. Phil Hartman plays him, I guess, the cat. Yeah, I mean, there's no mistaking yeah. his voice for yeah. anyone else. Yes, yes, and it's more like much more sardonic, apparently, cynical yeah. and sardonic than it is supposed to be in the original. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I've never watched the movie with in the original Japanese. Neither have um, I. So that's another reason I should probably buy the movie. Exactly. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting, and apparently. There's a couple of different versions, and I, I don't know what you remember, but I remember spoilers. So Kiki is a witch who has a, a cat companion, uh, a black cat named Gigi, who she can talk to. As all witches do, of course, as we know. This is traditional. Uh, of course, obviously. It, as, is, as is right and proper. <laughs> not the only witch movie we're going to be talking about, by the way. It's very true, and not the only black cat. Right. So... So, but apparently what I remember is that at the, at a certain point in the movie, she stops being able to communicate with the cat. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that too. And then in the English dub that I remember at the end of the movie, she can talk to the cat again. Apparently in the Japanese, in the original Japanese, she can't talk to Gigi at the end of the, of, of the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's That seems like a pretty huge change. Yeah, right? And apparently they re-released a, a, a version of the English dub where, again, she doesn't talk to the cat at the end. So hmm. it's it's interesting to me. And this, this is like Blade Runner. There's just I know. probably 50 <laughs> versions of this movie. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Kiki's Delivery Service, just like Blade Runner. And <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here first. I don't know. It was just something I thought was interesting because cats have a different significance in many different cultures. And so I'm I'm curious. I don't know if you know anything or listeners, if you know anything about the importance of cats in Japanese culture. But that that was just something I was curious about and why that got changed for the English version of the movie. My guess would be that it was to accommodate the more um, Western view of a black cat. Um, Probably so. But I I really don't know, though, because, again, that does seem like a significant change, and I didn't realize that they had that. Yeah, I didn't either. And so I'm curious because I do intend to buy the movie, and I'm very curious which ending we shall see. And if anybody anybody knows who's listening what the story is with that, please let us know. But yes, so this brings me to my first little wine thing speaking of black cats and their different significance in different cultures very interestingly so of when i was thinking about you know cat related wine because there are there are a few wines that are either named after cats have cats in the name or cats on the label cats are a huge marketing tool at this point which I have thoughts about, but I was doing some research and I and I was finding all these wines that I hadn't heard of. Some I've heard of, but most I hadn't that were from Germany. It seems like Germany is super into having cats on their wine label or have having cats have something to do with them. And the most notable of which is a winery called <clears throat> Get ready for my excellent excellent German. Yeah, are you ready? <laughs> I'm I'm ready. <laughs> Zella Schwarze Katz, 
which means basically black cat. And Zeller means just from the town of Zell in the Mosul region of Germany. So they make, I think they make a few different wines, but they're most famous for Riesling, which I am drinking right now, by the way. Not this particular Riesling, but a Riesling. And apparently, and they have a black cat since, you know, they're named Black Cat on most of their labels. And apparently that is a symbol of wine in, in Zell, in that town, because there's like an old folk tale about cats circling this barrel of wine, you know, way back when in the Middle Ages or something. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting because I, I was like, why are cats such a big deal in German wine? So There's so much folklore surrounding totally. cats in, in uh, like every culture. Yeah, absolutely. That is Kiki's delivery service. Uh, I don't think you went over this in your Miyazaki episode. Where would you rank that? Among his movies. Ooh. I know I know it's been a while since you've seen it, and the same for me, yeah. so it's hard to say. Yeah. I still think the the three that we talked about in the Miyazaki episode are are still my favorites. And my exact ranking of those three kind of shifts, but Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, and Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Those are definitely my top three. Then I would say I I think think either Kiki's Delivery Service or My Neighbor Totoro would come after that. Again, I haven't seen either in a while. Um, there's also Castle in the Sky. Yeah. It's so good. It's uh, it's so hard to choose. What is your what is your Miyazaki ranking? Um, well, I'd probably go even, despite the fact that it, it's probably the obvious choice by now, Spirited Away is the first Miyazaki movie that I saw. And so yeah. even just for that reason alone, it's hard to top um, because it's the movie that got me into Miyazaki. Princess Mononoke is probably my second favorite. Mm-hmm. And then the third is a toss-up between My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service could be number three, depending on... I'd have to watch it again. Sure. Yeah. Totoro has a cat in it too, the, the bus. It does. The cat bus. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about the cat bus? Uh, Well, I mean, that's kind of the iconic scene from the movie is when they're waiting for that cat bus. It's pretty pretty amazing. It's hard to say that it really counts as a character, though. It's more like a... a, But I mean, I guess it is. Almost everything in that movie is a character. Because nature is a character in the movie and the bus is a a character. That's the beautiful thing about so many Miyazaki movies is that, you know, like in Howl's Moving Castle, like... Uh, Calcifer the fire is a character and right. you know there, there's mm-hmm. there's characters everywhere in nature in machines in in everything and I was just gonna say you know you saying that because you saw Spirited Away first that is probably your favorite mm-hmm. I think that's part of why Howl's Moving Castle holds such a soft spot in my heart is because it was the first one that I saw and so it was kind of my entry into this his world and his imagination mm-hmm. and so I always have a, a fondness for that one yeah I saw Spirited Away in theaters when it came out oh, which wow. was an experience because I mean really the only animated movies that I had that I had seen prior to that were like Disney and Pixar movies. Right, so it was right. just something completely different, even though it was distributed by Disney in America. I mean, I still don't think of it as a Disney movie. No, neither do I. Neither do I. It's it's Miyazaki. It's Studio Jip right. slash Gip. Studio G. Studio G. <laughs> Love it. Speaking of German wines, there is one other German 
cat-related wine that I that I am familiar with that I used to sell when I worked uh, at a store in New York called Nine, spelled like, you know, the German word for no, but Nine mm. Lives. So no lives. Yeah, so no lives. <laughs> and all the all the labels have a cat doing something dangerous in a different way. Um, and it's very cute. And the wine is actually very good. It's also a Riesling. Um, I think I think it's an off-dry Riesling, so just a little bit of sweetness to it. But you know me, I love Rieslings. Yeah, I haven't had Riesling in a long time. And it used to be like the main wine that I drank yeah. at first. And yeah. I've just... I'm om- I almost exclusively drink red wine now, which I know I should b- get back into white wines. You know, it's all a, it, you don't you don't have to. It's all about what you want. It's all about what 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 tastes good to you. You know, um, mm-hmm. not to get too too sappy or anything, but that that is just generally my mantra. If you don't want to drink white wine, don't drink white wine. No one's no one's forcing. But you I do. To. But I do. Oh, but you do. But you do. <laughs> well, when you feel ready, Riesling will be there for you. Oh, that's that's a good uh, that's a good slogan for Riesling. That is, yeah. Um, my other, I had a, I had a coworker who just was a like a consummate punner, and after he 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 left the store to go do, you know, he became like a real estate agent or something. But after he left, I, I sort of took up the mantle of being the store punner or punster, if you will, and. I came up with everything happens for a Riesling, which that's a good one. <laughs> I think that's a good one. But I also like whenever you're ready, Riesling will be there. <laughs> I, I imagine that being like a, a kind of like sappy 90s commercial. Yeah. <laughs> There's also these weird like cat shaped bottles that have become really popular. I've seen I've seen one of those. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think they're mostly in New York because... It might even have been Brett who sent me a picture of one for the first time. I was like, "What is that?" Hmm. But they're they're very very weird looking. I that's that's the kind of cat marketing that I don't trust. I'm is like, it, why is that? Is is it just too much at that it's, point? It's just too much at that point for me. Hmm. I'm like, you're it's pandering. Yeah, it's pan- exactly exactly. It's just insulting to the cat rather than <laughs> than and being an homage to cats. It's it's just taking advantage of their cuteness. Yeah, I can I can see that. I also I looked it up and they're actually owned by like a marketing company. So Oh. Yeah. I don't really I don't really trust it. I think I think you're right not to. Yeah. Think. I'm all for, you know, trying out a wine if you're if you dig the label. Oh, I've done that plenty of times. Oh yeah, me too. You know, I'm in theory like a wine snob, but I still I still pick out some wines for the label. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. But, you know, as long as they're not super expensive, it's 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 fun. And so if there's a tasteful cat on the label, then by all means, go for it. People like to pretend that they mm-hmm. don't like cats, but everybody loves cats, even if you don't want one yourself. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's how Brett was. I should clear. I guess we should probably clarify that's my wife. Oh, um, yes. Um, yeah. Brett, Brett is John Paul's wife, who I worked with at a store at a wine store in New York um, and we're both actors who fell into the wine industry and 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 so we're kindred spirits mm-hmm. yeah she didn't want a cat for the longest time and then she finally caved in and well we were originally only going to foster this cat mm-hmm. and after three hours I was like you're like, I'm not getting rid of this cat. yeah no this cat is ours <laughs> right <laughs> yep Yep. Nope. I totally understand. And I'm really happy that it worked out that way for you. Oh, me too. Yeah. 
So we were talking about how we were going to talk about another black cat and more witches. And I think we might as well get right into it because this, I think, is going to be the most controversial (laughs) (laughs) discussion of the episode. But I think maybe one of the most famous cats in cinema is Zachary Banks from Hocus Pocus, Mm -hmm. the iconic 90s film with Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy as the Sanderson sisters. And Mm -hmm. John Paul, as I understand it, you don't like this movie. Okay, that's <laughs> is that unfair? That's an exaggeration. Is that is it's that an exaggeration. shots fired? <laughs> um, so it's not that I don't like it. Okay, okay, it's that it. I love anything related to Halloween, and I mm-hmm. love '90s kids movies because that's right. the time I grew up in. So, given that this is a '90s kids movie that is very Halloweeny, every frame of this movie like drips Halloween. Yeah. I feel like I should like it a lot more than I do. Um, Got it. It's I don't have anything against it per se. It's just that it doesn't really do anything for me, and mm. I've seen it like ten times. Yeah. So yeah, you keep trying, keep trying. I do keep trying. I really want to love. Well, this movie. I I admire that. I admire that. I remember. Did you did you watch it when you were a kid? Yeah, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it. Probably right around the time it came out on video. That's probably Um, around when I saw it, too. mm -hmm. I distinctly remember, like, having a sleepover party because I would host slumber parties when I was, you know, 10 or whenever. And I remember watching it with, like, a bunch of my friends and we just, like, loved this movie so much. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I'm curious. I wonder if we can figure out why. Why? Yeah. I mean, when I... I remember kind of liking it when I was a kid, but it wasn't one of the movies that I rewatched constantly. Uh huh. Like I, there were my favorite movies when I was a kid. I'd watch like two or three times a week. Yeah, I'd go yeah. through periods of being obsessed with them. Oh yeah, I me too. think I might have only ever seen Hocus Pocus once as a kid. I wonder if maybe that's part of it. It might be. I because I do I do remember watching it many many times as a kid. And then not watching it for a really long time and then watching it again, I don't know, like five years ago or something. And for me, it held up or and but that could just be because of like the nostalgia factor. I'm not sure. I do think based on this is not an accusation, okay. but based on what I've uh, seen from other people and heard yes, from other people, yes. it seems like there is a direct correlation between how much you like this movie as an adult and how often you watched it as a kid. Yeah. I, I believe Which, that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but I'm no. just saying that might be a reason why I don't have quite the same fondness for it that a lot right. of other people do. Right. But the question is, why didn't you as a kid? <laughs> oh. oh, man. This I is don't turning know. into like a, an analysis like, <laughs> I know. This, that I, I'm totally I unqualified to I probably lie down to on the couch Yeah, yeah, right yeah. <laughs> well, well, out of curiosity, what kind of movies did you like as a kid? Oh, so around the same time I was I was really into the nightmare before christmas uh-huh, that came out the same uh-huh. year as hocus pocus yeah yeah um and also a, a halloween kids movie it is indeed it is indeed um but i i gravitated towards that one much more mm-hmm. for whatever reason yeah but i was also i was also watching like the indiana jones movies and and sure. jurassic park and stuff like that and some disney movies i i probably wasn't as into disney movies as a lot of other kids were at that time because i was just too cool for school and i was 
Right. When I was like six, I was already like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> well, that actually makes sense to me then, because I would say that, and this is something that I think we'll get into in just a minute, but you are obviously more drawn to kind of horror and indie kind of films, maybe? Is that fair to say? Or Yeah, but I don't think that, um, that really developed that until I was a teenager. Yeah, okay. Um, the, well, but I, I do think that there is like a difference between, because I also loved Nightmare Before Christmas, but I remember it freaked me out mm-hmm. when I first saw it. And I was, I like, I watched it, I was scared, and then I watched it again a few years later, and I was like, oh, I, I really like this. Whereas with Hocus Pocus... It's not really that scary. No, no, no. Because, like, Bette Midler is just so fabulous. And it feels like, even though it's live action, it could be an animated Disney film. Yeah, even the way that uh, the acting is, it's very cartoonish. It's very cartoonish. It's very stylized. And, and And in Nightmare Before Christmas, there's something, like, there's always something a little sad even though it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like a sad movie, but there's a som- a little bit more of a somber tone to it. Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely like scary at parts. Like as a kid, I was scared watching it. Yeah, I've I've heard I I wasn't because I was just yeah, yeah. so well, you were, obsessed yeah, with yeah. the movie. That, I mean, I had all of the toys, and I brought a Jack Skellington doll in for show and tell or after Christmas break that year. Perfect. And it's the head came off. Oh, <laughs> and so that was like the big uh, climax of my show and tell right. presentation was pulling the head off, and I got in trouble at school for doing that oh, because no. it like some of the other kids were like scared of it or something yeah well i think even if you weren't into horror yet the the foundation was being laid oh yeah for sure yeah but that would be that maybe that's why you know like as a kid just because you were less into that that kind of aesthetic or style or not aesthetic because as you said it's very halloween but it's not like it's not like scary halloween it's it's the lighter side of halloween it is it's the lighter side of halloween which I liked as as a kid. But yeah, so speaking speaking of horror, first of all, would you like to talk a little bit more and more eloquently than I described it about Mondo Volgare and um it's mainly a horror page. Um I do also cover cult and exploitation movies. Anything that's weird and low budget. Well, not always low budget, but it helps if it's low budget. And I will I will also say as someone who's it's not that I'm not a horror fan. It's just that I'm not. I'm I'm like a horror pleb, I would say. <laughs> but I still I really enjoy following you on Facebook and get and seeing the posts every day because it's if you like film, if you like cinema, you you post all these really great uh, articles and facts and fun facts about film in general. So that's just my little two cents there. Well, thank you for your two cents. Oh, of course. <laughs> But I know that you had a couple of horror or horror-adjacent films that you wanted to talk about that have cat characters in them. Well, there are a few. Um, I'm not going to get too involved in any of them, except for one, because I know it's probably one that you have seen and can talk about also. Okay, Um, Okay, great. Well, I do want to mention before I talk about the one that, like the main one that we're going to discuss. Yeah. Because the Pet Cemetery remake is about to come out, Pet Cemetery does oh, have a crucial yeah. cat character in the movie. So mm-hmm, that would be mm-hmm. one to talk about. 
because it is an undead cat. So that's that's <gasps> always interesting. An undead cat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to have to check it out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it used up all of its nine lives, but then got more. <gasps> it has a nine life now. <laughs> a-, <laughs> a tenth life for this cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a, a, a no life, as, right. as the Germans yes. would say. <laughs> Cat People is a very famous older horror movie that doesn't really have too much to do with cats per se, although cat is in the title. But uh, it's really a very minimalist movie that's influential. Hey, hold on. Let me backtrack and tie this into my neighbor Totoro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do it. I think, and I don't know this for sure, but I think the cat bus in my neighbor Totoro is an homage to Cat People. Uh, (gasps) Oh! Because in Cat People, cool. there's a very famous scene in which a the main character is walking alone by Central Park, and it's very quiet, and you just hear footsteps, and then there's more footsteps, so you, you don't see the source of the footsteps. Right. So, and suddenly, a bus comes out of nowhere, to, and like with a screeching, almost uh, cat-like, not meow, but hiss. Um, uh-huh. That's the word I'm looking for. And yeah. that is, it's a fake out jump scare because nothing really happens. Right. But that's considered the first like fake out jump scare in movie history. And that's overused now. Huh. But it kind yes. of originated in Cat People. And for a while, it was called the Luton Bus. Lu- Val Luton is the producer of the movie. That's why it was yeah. called that. Um, yeah. But I think maybe the bus in My Neighbor Totoro <laughs> might be a, a reference maybe. to that. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I think you can make a case for that for sure. And now that you're talking about this, it sounds so familiar. So I don't know if I like... It's it's one of those things that's also been parodied so many times that I'm sure you've right. at least seen like a, a parody of it. It's possible. It's possible. Or I wonder if I, if I saw the movie like when I was younger and kind of blocked it out or something. Mm-hmm. And now... And now it's it's all coming back right. to me. But <laughs> you don't actually see any monster in that movie, even though it's technically considered a monster movie. It was a very low budget movie, so it, they just suggested the monster with sounds and uh, yeah. and shadows. Oh, nice! Which can be which can be effective. Right. My only familiarity with cat people is, I mean, I didn't see the original or the remake, but I am familiar with the David Bowie song, right? Which was written for the remake, right? And has now been used, I think, quite quite well in a couple of films, most namely Inglorious Bastards mm-hmm. and Atomic Blonde. Which I still haven't seen. And that movie seems right up my alley. You should definitely watch Atomic Blonde. I think you will very much appreciate it as as a music and film fan, because the, the soundtrack is excellent. And for a while kind of carries the movie, in my opinion, at least. But then like halfway through the movie, the movie gets so good. So that's my opinion of Atomic Blonde. Highly recommended. Just a quick note on the Cat People remake, which again, yes, I, I have yes. not seen the remake. <laughs> but from what I've heard about it, it it takes what was kind of implicit in the original and makes it explicit. So much more graphic sex and violence in the, in the remake. That, From what little I know of it, that is what I have heard as well. So that's Cat People. And then you mentioned... There's another oh, horror right. movie. Right. Well, this is the big one. This yeah. so Alien has a cat character yep. that's very yep. significant. Very important cat character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, can we spoil the ending of the movie a little bit? Is that okay? Uh, yes. I think, I'll, I'll put in I a spoiler. I think Alien alert. has been out for long enough that it's okay to spoil I think, it. I think so too. 
<laughs> so the cat, Jonesy, is one of the two survivors at the end of the movie. So the cat makes it. Yep. Yay! And makes a cameo in the beginning of the second one. Yes. Luckily does not come up again. Right. Uh, uh, Ripley decides to, to leave her on Earth this time. Like a responsible cat mother. Right. <laughs> Way to go, Ripley. Right. And at that point, the cat is probably the oldest cat in history because they were in yeah. <laughs> hypersleep for 57 years. Oh, that's right. Oh, right. I forgot about yeah. that. Also, it has been a while since I've seen Aliens, so I'm definitely curious to hear what you think about the significance of Jonesy, the cat. Mm -hmm. I also, I wanted to do a quick plug for someone else who we've plugged on the show before, but I was also going to rewatch Alien, but then I didn't, uh, I didn't, and <laughs> I didn't have time. And our friend Rafael Gamboa does a series of video essays called The Long Take, and he has a really, really great one on Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3. So just Google The Long Take Alien if you want a little recap and analysis of the film. There's a lot to analyze, so... There is definitely a lot to analyze in that film. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, sex and sexual imagery. Yeah. yeah. A lot of phallic yep. stuff in that movie. <laughs> yep. 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 It's not subtle. No. It's not subtle. No. Uh, in the sequel, it's kind of, it's still there, but it's toned down a lot. The The original is very, very, I was going to say, I was trying to think of another word other than sexual, but I mean... That's probably still the best That's, word to use. I think that I think that is the best word to use. It's also I think the difference between at least the first and the second is that the first feels I mean, it's sci-fi. They're both sci-fi, but the first one feels very sci-fi horror and the second feels like sci-fi action. Right. Yeah. I would argue the first one is even more of a horror movie than a sci-fi movie. Um, I, I think so, too. I think so, too. It's, I mean, the, it's not crucial that it's... I mean, the, al the aliens are in the movie, which makes it sci-fi, but you could have made it a monster movie, and it would have been the same yeah. effect. Um, I think it's a, it's a horror movie with a sci-fi premise. Right, exactly. But yes, Jonesy the Cat. Jonesy the Cat, yes. Has a few moments in the movie where the cat narrowly avoids death and yeah i've 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 read somewhere i uh, i should have i should have actually read this article before i did this podcast uh no worries we can we can tell people to read it i'll uh, yeah i'll <laughs> i'll look up a link and maybe you can link to it um, great yeah we can we'll put the link in the show notes uh there is some kind of theory about the nine lives of, of jonesy that oh, you can see cool. the nine yeah. lives of jonesy play out throughout the movie and into the second yeah. one so oh yeah. i wish i had read it oh, I, I, like I can't that. detail it too much but it, that theory exists. Well, that's that, that's okay. Hey, so if you want to read all about the theories of the nine lives of Jonesy, apparently there is a book by Rory Lucy called Jonesy, Nine Lives on the Nostromo. We'll also be posting some Jonesy fan art on our social media, so check it out. I, I like that, though. I like I like thinking about that. And I and that is the frame with which I will actually rewatch the movie <laughs> one of these days. It's one of Winston's favorite movies. So we are... Definitely do for a reason. Does he like that or aliens more? He likes alien more. Okay. But he, he also likes aliens, but I think he prefers alien, the original. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it seems pretty split between those two. And then nobody likes yeah. the other ones very much. <laughs> yeah, not not really. Not really. I do have a soft spot for Alien versus Predator, if I'm being honest. But I mean I mean, who doesn't? It's it's a classic. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. but I mean <laughs> hey, 
It's a, a, a matchup that was destined to be because the xenomorphs and alien are supposed to be phallic and the predator design is supposed to be pretty vaginal. So, hey, all it just goes together. Mm-hmm. That's just sweet. That's just cute. <laughs> it, yeah. Alien versus predator. <laughs> it's just cute. Yeah. It is coming, coming up, up with so, so many, many great... slogans today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think this is a good time to maybe I would pair a wine with Jonesy, Jonesy the cat. And this is one of my favorite cat-themed wines or cat-themed wine companies. Um, And they are called Giocato. And they're based in Slovenia in the region of, I apologize, Gorishka Berda, something like that. And Alex Simcic, I believe is how you pronounce the name, is is the winemaker. And these wines are really, really good and really affordable. And they all have a different cat on the label. And so there's there's a Chardonnay, there's a Pinot Grigio, a Sauvignon Blanc, a Merlot. Uh, what else? There's a, there's a few others as well. And they're between like $9 and $12 each usually. So very affordable, really, really good. And I think that the Chardonnay is shockingly my favorite. It's an unoaked Chardonnay, hmm. so it's really kind of clean and crisp and bright. And I think I think that the the Giacato Chardonnay is a good a good wine for Jonesy. I mean, don't give wine to a cat, but I know what you mean. No, 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 no. I, this is this is just a, a you know a theoretical. I know. Which which speaking <laughs> of like wine marketing being too cute, I I am not a fan of wine for cats which i don't know if you know about yeah, this phenomenon yes, but it is a thing but like pinot meow and meowscato <laughs> no don't do it don't do it as a i know don't I embarrass like, your cat i love like wine that. i love cats and i love puns <laughs> but rarely do the three of them work together indeed indeed though there is one <laughs> there is one wine that i've seen before i i forget if i ever sold it but it's a wine so you you know the the wine region uh, Chateauneuf de Pop in the Rhone Valley. I know of it. You yes. don't have to know it intimately. You just have to know of it. But there is a wine made called Chateauneuf, at like the word for cat in French dash n dash oof, which is the word for egg. Mm-hmm. And on the on the label, it is a cat sitting on an egg that I can get behind. That's yeah. a wine cat pun I can get behind. But Meowscato, no, don't do it. No. Don't do that to your cat. Don't embarrass them like that. They deserve so much better. They really do. <laughs> they really do. Give them some dignity. You know, the one <laughs> thing that would have really, because I, I also like the first Alien more than the second. Uh-huh. Um, but the one thing that would have made me instantly like the second one more is at the very end when Ripley's in the big yellow robotic suit confronting yeah. the Queen Alien. That's yeah. when Jonesy should have come in, in that scene. Oh, yeah. oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> I mean, I don't really mean that, but I think it would have been I hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that would have been great. I think that w- James Cameron, you failed. Yep. All right, so we've got some Miyazaki, some Hocus Pocus, some Alien. I guess, since we were talking about before, movies that we would watch over and over and over again as children, mm-hmm. for me, one movie that I watched so many times was Homeward Bound. And yep. that has one of my absolute favorite cats in. I mean, it was based on, what is it? The the, the Incredible Journey, I think yes. is the name of the book. 
I think the full title of the movie is Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. But the, the cat Sassy, who is voiced by Sally Field, mm-hmm. is one of my favorite cats in cinema, hands down. And my cat queen reminds me a lot of Sassy. Because she's very sassy. That was the first um, live action movie that I saw in theaters. It might have been, if not the first, one of the first that I saw in theaters. Now, granted, it's a talking animal movie, so it's still kind of halfway towards animation. But yeah, yeah. Point still stands. Totally, totally. And I, so I watch it. Oh, I just watched it. Like, like you said, you know, movies you'd watch two or three times a week easily. I would do that when I was a kid with the with Homeward Bound. But then I didn't watch it again. You know, I probably saw it like a few more times, you know, in my young, my my like adolescence and young adulthood. But then I watched it again for the first time in a really long time two years ago or something because I think mm-hmm. they put it on Netflix. And I was just like, oh, I haven't seen this in forever. And I watched it and I just I just bawled at the end, even though I mean, spoiler alert, it has a happy ending. But mm-hmm. But there's a moment where you think it might not be a happy ending. And I just, for some the older I get, the less, like, human violence bothers me in films. Yeah. And the more, like, violence towards animals or, or like, bad things happening to animals, like, just destroys me. <laughs> yeah. So, on that note, there's, um, I've noticed in, on my page that I run and on my blog and on every other horror page that I follow... It seems there's a general consensus that it, you can kill humans in the most violent ways possible, and that's fun, but you touch an animal, you do oh. so much as like make an animal uncomfortable, and that's too much. It is too much. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I, I totally agree. A movie that I, uh, another movie, I don't think I have this in my notes, but I just thought of it now because I rewatched yeah. it recently. Another yeah. one that I used to watch as a kid a lot. That also has a a very moving ending uh, and has a cat character is Babe. <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, my God. And the cat is kind of not a villain in the movie, but <laughs> not all that helpful to Babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I watched it like two weeks ago and Crow is sitting right next to me and I was uh-huh. looking at her like, um, this is... I'm sorry, here's another movie that give, gives cats a bad name. But but I the movie know. is so sweet overall. Oh, the movie is so good. But it is really true that it's it's interesting to me, the movies that paint cats in a good light and the movies in which cats are the villain. Right. Because they are often painted as villainous. I mean, let's be real. They are predators in real yes. life. So, But they're so cute. Yeah. They're so cute when they torture the little mice. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, there are a lot of villainous cat characters yes i'm trying to think of well i mean like like in looney tunes mm. most it's a good segue cats. to my next thing that i want to oh talk about great there, but. but but you know like you know they're not like villainous villains but they are like in tom and jerry like they're definitely the bad guy like you're rooting for the other one I yeah. don't know. I I feel like I might be alone on this. I never rooted for Tweety Bird. <laughs> yeah, Tweety Bird gets a little. Anno- Actually, you know what? In retrospect, I think I always wanted Tom to win. Sylvester. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sylvester. Sylvester to win. Though that's right. Tom and Jerry. Right. Is yes. I always wanted Sylvester to win, but he, you know, just couldn't couldn't pull it. You together. know what it is? It's just that Tweety's too cocky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, by all means, do what you have to do to protect yourself. I get it. You don't want to be yeah. eaten. You don't have to tease the poor cat. Yeah, right? That's just rude. That's just <laughs> rude. 
So you said that was a good segue into yeah. what you want to talk about. So this isn't a movie, but it is a, an animated short mm-hmm. that I wanted to reference in conjunction with a movie that is, you may think is completely unrelated, but I had this weird theory while I was under the influence of something other than wine. But, all right, I'm about to blow your mind. Okay. I, I, I use the royal you. This is to everyone. Yes, yes, um, yes. So there's a Looney Tune short called Feed the Kitty. And this right. is a, a very famous one. It doesn't involve any of the main Looney Tunes characters. It's about a bulldog who has a, whose uh, owner also has a little kitten. And the bulldog becomes very attached to the kitten. It's adorable. It's really one yeah. of the cutest things I've ever seen. So the bulldog in the movie, or in the, in the short rather, is named Mark Antony after the Julius Caesar character, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. So here's, here's, here's the thing that I thought of. Okay. The, f- the very next year after Feed the Kitty was released, uh-huh. uh, the film adaptation of, Ju- one of the film adaptations of Julius Caesar came out. Mark Antony was played by Marlon Brando in that movie. <gasps> now, fast forward 20 years after that, The Godfather came out. <gasps> Marlon Brando specifically designed his, uh, his famous look for the movie. He put gauze in his, oh, or cotton balls, God. I think, in his, in his cheeks yeah. to give himself the appearance of a bulldog. And in the very opening scene of the movie, he is caressing a little kitten. I don't know if that was intentional, but (laughs) (laughs) I like to think there's some connection. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently on The Godfather, that kitten wandered onto the set that wasn't in the script. Whoa. Jumped into Marlon Brando's lap during the take and he just kind of rolled with it. And that's become like such an iconic image. Yeah, it has. I didn't know that. I didn't. <gasps> Whoa, John Paul. This is all. I bet this is all <laughs> constructed by Marlon Brando. It's, it's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> it, he saw Feed the Kitty in 1952. Yep. yep. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to play Mark Antony next year. And then yeah. uh, in like 20 years, I'm going to also play. I'm going to like model it after this Mark Antony. I'm yeah. going to play both <laughs> Mark Antonys. <laughs> I love that. And that brings me to perhaps my last my last wine pairing thing that i have planned at least but there is another wine that i found speaking of the godfather which i guess technically it should be from sicily but there is an italian wine from the marche region which is kind of on the central eastern central part of italia and the wine, the winemaker is called Fattoria San Lorenzo, and they have a wine called La Gattara. And on that label, it is a very cute graphic of three kitties snuggling together. And I haven't had that, but I, I, I really like this type of wine or wine wines from this region, which are called Rosso Conero, and they're usually a blend of Sangiovese and Montepulciano. So big surprise. So I bet that. You know, while Marlon Brando was concocting his scheme, his twenty-year <laughs> scheme, he was he was drinking some some Fattoria San Lorenzo. I I I would bet my life on it. Yeah, absolutely, all my life savings. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you have to drink wine when you're when you're watching The Godfather. So oh oh uh, obviously. I heard a question on here for you. Yes. Oh, I love okay. questions. Who would you say is the most iconic fictional cat? Ooh. 
I have a few choices down here, but I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. Um, it's not a multiple choice. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, I mean, like, as as we were saying, you know, like, Looney Tunes, like, cartoon cats. Or any. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I think that you could argue that cartoon cats are some of the most iconic. Mm-hmm. Like, Sylvester, like, Tom. Garfield. Oh, duh. Garfield. Also the cat in the hat. Oh, the cat. There's so many. Okay, well, then this is also branching out into like comics and literature, right? Which, yeah. which is totally fair. But yeah, Garfield and the Cat in the Hat definitely up there. I used to love the Garfield comics. And Garfield, that that kind of uh, is something else I wanted to bring up very briefly. Is that whenever yeah. there's a cat and a dog in a cartoon together, the cat is always mm-hmm. the smart one, and the dog is always the dumb one. Yeah. However, I it, that is reversed in Ren and Stimpy, and I do want to give props to Ren and Stimpy for having a dumb cat. <laughs> that is true. It also is kind of reversed, and I don't know if you saw The Secret Life of Pets. No, I didn't. Which it's it's fun, but it's it's basically Toy Story but with pets. Mm-hmm. And the cat the cat isn't necessarily dumb. The cat is just like a very fat silly cat who can't like get anything done um so so that's a little bit of a reversal but but she's also the only cat in the movie which is just inaccurate yeah more people would have cats i also hmm i'm just trying to think i'm trying to think i feel like i'm missing out on some really iconic cats there's hobbs from calvin and hobbs oh yeah if we're getting into like to tigers and other 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 forms oh right, of cats. yeah. If we're just sticking yeah. to, to house cats, then to, to, then, yeah. to house cats, then yeah, then I think I think either the Cat in the Hat or Garfield. Yeah, would it would be. probably be one of the two of them. Yeah, yeah, but oh my god, Calvin and Hobbes is definitely my favorite comic of all time. Well, my favorite is Garfield without Garfield. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Garfield without Garfield is so good. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, if any, if anyone hasn't seen that just yes. just google it it's it they take garfield comic strips but remove garfield so it's just john talking to himself <laughs> and it's sad and hilarious at the same time it is it is so brilliant it is so brilliant oh also this is one that you brought up this is another very iconic cat but uh the cheshire cat oh from right Alice from Alice in wonderland, wonderland. Yeah, we didn't even touch on disney movies yet there's a lot of cats in disney movies yes i know i know you'd mentioned uh aristocats well yeah that's which, a whole movie with about it's a whole movie about cats uh which has some you know like problematic racist components yeah. because so it does lady and the in... tramp <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah the siamese so, cats mm. Uh, yep, the Siamese cats. It's always the Siamese cats. Yeah, they can't help themselves. And and it, with that being said, the Aristocats and Lady and the Tramp are still two of the less problematic Disney movies from that era. <laughs> yep, yep. Very, very true. But, you know, uh, I guess you have to take it with a grain of salt. That's, you know... Yeah. We're, we're, we're still racist now, but we were more racist then. Or at least so, we were more open about it then. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think that's probably a better distinction. Mm-hmm. Winston will often start singing Everybody Wants to Be a Cat from the Aristocats. That is, which it's is, a really good song. Though. It's a really, really good song. Everybody, everybody. It's, it's really good. He might record a cover of that. As mm. one of our Patreon rewards. I tried playing it on my keyboard recently uh-huh. to see if it would get a reaction out of Crow. 
She didn't. Uh-huh. The, really, the only thing that she reacts to is the Jaws theme for some reason. Interesting. <laughs> so those two alternating notes. It's it's really funny. Our our cats are they have some similarities, but they are very very different in other ways. So Queen hates music. She hate absolutely hates it when Winston like starts playing guitar or singing. Like she'll run away. Mm-hmm. Kiki loves it. She. If 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 I just like start humming or singing something, she like comes and like rubs up against my legs or like comes up and tries to snuggle me. She's like, "What are you doing? I like this. Are you singing to me? I like it." And uh, it's just it's very funny. It's very funny. You know, cats are all different. Yeah, crow is mostly indifferent to music, but mm-hmm. but like I said, for some reason, I was just playing the Jaws theme because she was walking towards me very slowly, and I. Wanted to have that moment in my head of her being yeah. the shark. <laughs> and yeah. and she like really played right into it. Oh, nice. Way to go, Crow. Right. They're, you know, they they always play according to their rules, but sometimes they'll play along. Mm-hmm. When when they want to. When they want to, exactly. Another another movie, sorry, this is diverging a little bit from from Disney, but another movie that came out recently that is very cat centric that I don't know if you've seen, um, but Keanu. I haven't I, seen that. It's I highly recommend it. It's Jordan Peele yeah. and Michael Keegan Key who find a little kitten and name it Keanu, and it is so funny and so good, and obviously named after Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves plays a small part in the film. That's I'm in because. Keanu Reeves is, like, unironically my favorite actor. Absolutely. No, Winston and I were talking about this also, that Keanu Reeves is just fabulous. He Mm -hmm. is just wonderful. And whether he's the best actor in the world or not doesn't matter. Right. Because he's just, he's so good at what he does, and... He's very talented, and he seems like he's just a really nice yeah, guy. Exactly in real life, and, and that there makes me apparently like aren't him that so many of more. them in Hollywood nowadays. So, yep, yep. There's the the few. Yeah, and just to bring up a, a, a former topic uh, of yours, uh-huh, I, I do uh-huh. want to state my case that I don't think Keanu Reeves is all that bad in Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> it's really just his accent that's not great. <laughs> But yeah, other yeah, than that, I yeah. think it's he's fine in that movie. Well, he's just he's just Keanu Reeves, right? You know, once you're once you're used to Keanu Reeves, right? Whether or not he fits in with the aesthetic of the movie, that's debatable. Right. But I don't yep. think that's his fault. I don't think I don't think that is his fault either. And also, like, I don't care. He's Keanu Reeves. Right. Like, he adds to that movie in a perfect way. Yes, he was the perfect person for that role. He is a great Jonathan Harker. Jonathan Harker's yes, never yes. a memorable character, though. So nope, nope. Yep. Um, did you see the thing? I saw something somewhere that's floating around that, like, apparently Winona Ryder thinks that she and Keanu Reeves actually got married on the set of Bram yeah, Stoker. Yeah, I saw that. Because because I guess it was, like, a real priest who performed the ceremony or something in well, the... Well, Francis Ford Coppola directed that, directed that movie, so I'm sure Marlon Brando put him up to this, and I... this is all part <laughs> of the plan. This, and Francis Ford Coppola makes wine. What? They're all in what? on this yes. together. Yes, he does. It's all a huge conspiracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish that there were cats in that movie so that we could we could unpack that more. But Yeah. I feel like Dracula should have a cat. Right. I feel like Dracula would have a cat. Let's make a new Dracula movie where Dracula just Dracula has a cat. Cats. Where Dracula is yeah. a cat. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh, this is a, this is a good question. This is something I thought of, but I I wondered if you had any favorite cat names or cats that you had encountered with really good names. Hmm. My dad is really good at naming cats. Um, and he had a cat named Raskolnikov from, uh, oh my God, what is it? Dostoevsky, Crime and Punishment. Mm-hmm. The the main character is Raskolnikov. I think that Raskolnikov is a good that is, name that's a good one. For, <laughs> for a cat. I think he also had one named Dante. That, that's that's a classic name. That works in every yeah, situation. Yeah. Before I got Crow, if I because when I was thinking of getting a cat and if I were going to name the cat, mm-hmm. I was going to mm-hmm. name it Cesare. And this is Ooh. after the character in the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Most people yes. think it's pronounced Cesare, and that's how I thought it was pronounced for a long time because that's how it's spelled. But then I watched a documentary on the movie, and they were all saying Cesare, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds way cooler." So, yeah. Well, it's the it's the right. Italian pronunciation. Yeah. So that that's what I was going to go coming for. Coming back. But now, if I get another cat, I have to name whether it's uh, a male or female. It will be named Tom Servo. So I have both MST3K <laughs> characters to watch movies with. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. Oh, this is this is another movie that I just watched with cats in it. Not really cat characters, but Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm not sure if you saw ha- it or not. <clears throat> no, I haven't. Well, I have a lot of feelings about the film. Yeah, as, a, as a lot of people do. I, I, it's all over my social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's, there's feelings to be had. But one thing that I didn't know and that I hope I really, really hope is true is apparently Freddie Mercury at any given time had like 10 cats. And so there are so many cats. It in seems the movie. like something that would be true. Absolutely. And so even though technically, you know, we have a cat named Queen, so yeah. you could argue that we named we named her after we didn't name her after. But you could Queen, say you did. But, but you could we could say we did. But I thought that Mercury could Mercury, be a good yeah. name for a cat mm-hmm. too. I also think that cats are very mercurial. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, that was, I was just curious about that. Oh yeah, one also that's a TV show, Cat, um, is Spot in Star Trek Next yeah. Generation. Yeah, I wrote down some TV shows too, like Thundercats. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which are not house cats, unless unless Snarf is supposed to be a house cat. I have no idea what Snarf is supposed to be. I don't know. But listeners, please hit us up with your favorite cat characters, either in uh, film, movies, TV or or books, I'll take books too. Paintings, paintings mm-hmm. of cats, I'll take it. I want more sculptures. cats. Sculptures. Always. Sculptures of cats. Actually, I'll, I'll try to post this, but a, a good friend of my mom who used to work in fashion, she now designs artisan cakes and makes amazing, amazing cakes that are basically works of art. And she posted a photo the other day of a cake she made that was modeled after a client's Siamese cat, and it was amazing. And there's a picture of the actual cat with the cake, and the cat is like, what the fuck is this? So I'm going to go through the ones we didn't mention yet. Batman Returns, okay. like Catwoman, oh, yeah. um, is in that yeah. movie, in this version of it, is resurrected by cats. So there's like a that's, supernatural oh, oh, that's part right. of the movie. Yes. And I feel like as we've been talking about, there's a very supernatural theme throughout many many of these films about yeah. cats. And I know that that's not how Catwoman is in the comics. And a lot of people don't like Batman Returns because the movie as a whole is, it, it takes a lot of liberties. 
It is. It's yeah. absolutely my favorite Batman movie. <laughs> it's it's up there for me. I I like it a lot. I'm gonna do a quick plug. I wrote a whole article about it on my blog. Check it out. Um, Ooh, awesome! Will you will you sure, send me the sure, link sure. so that I can? I'll post yes. it. I'll post it. And there are a lot of puns well. in the movie um, that are not wholly appropriate for children, and that's probably why the McDonald's Happy Meal toys were pulled after one week. Perfect. 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 Yes. <laughs> Perfect. That was always my favorite part of the old '60s Batman show is when Catwoman would could not help herself from saying "perfect." Yep, yep, so good, so okay. good. I'm here for puns all day. <laughs> anyway, also uh, Coraline has a cat character. Oh yes, that's right. I I only saw it once, and I and I think I was like falling asleep or something, so I I kind of went in and out mm -hmm. of the movie. I only saw it once too. I think. Unless I'm misremembering it, because I saw it when it came out, the 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 cat uh -huh. is played by uh, Keith David, who has an awesome voice. Uh -huh. So that's the uh -huh. most memorable part of the movie to me. Yeah, I I, I don't remember it specifically. But... Uh, Shrek Two has Puss in Boots. Oh, of course, Puss in Boots. Oh, Antonio yeah, Banderas in the role that he was born to play. <laughs> yes, that's another. I would say that Puss in Boots is. Another contender for most iconic yeah. cat, not necessarily just from mm -hmm. Shrek. In general, but though, just yeah. In general, <laughs> it was the part that Antonio Banderas mm. was born to play. I mean, it's he had already played Zorro, and it's kind of the same yeah. character. Where right. do you go from there? <laughs> um, uh, Austin Powers, Doctor Evil's cat. Oh, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, bringing up baby, if that counts, it's a yeah, leopard. Yeah, she domestic. She has a domesticated leopard in the movie. I love that movie. I used I to watch too. that movie so much as as a kid slash teenager. It is. It's probably my favorite romantic comedy of of all time. It may be. It, it's it's definitely up there for me. For those of you who are not familiar, it's Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant mm. and a domesticated leopard. Yes, name baby. <laughs> name that baby. is the the titular baby. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Inside Lewin Davis is a more recent one. That's I a haven't Coen seen Brothers it. movie. I haven't seen it's, it. It's it's very good. It's not the. Uh, it didn't make me feel happy at the end of the movie, uh, okay. especially as a, a an aspiring artist who is uh -huh. not successful. Uh, it's not an inspirational movie. It's just one of those movies that's. The message of the movie, without spoiling anything, is guess what? Your dreams might not come true. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> yeah. But the cat in the movie is great. I, I would compare it to... Have you seen The Artist? Yes. The, the yes, silent movie? Mm -hmm. So the dog... I would compare the cat in Inside Lewin Davis to the dog in The Artist in terms of how crucial they are to the movie. Okay. Okay. So it's a very big role for the cat. Got it. Got it. Reanimator has another zombie cat. If we're into zombie cats, watch Reanimator. Ooh, yeah. Always, always there for a zombie cat with a nine life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Parents I had a cat in it, I think. Um, that was one that I didn't think of myself. Yeah, I Googled it, and that yeah. was one that came up. I don't, I, I, I've seen it, but I don't remember. I don't remember mm -hmm. the cat. Yeah, same. Here's one that I'm going to reference just so, this is just for my getting my jollies. Um, uh, there's a movie called A Talking Cat, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. That's the title <laughs> of the movie. Um, it's a terrible, terrible movie. It's a children's movie, like from... A few years ago, maybe four or five years ago, uh -huh. it is it is building steadily a reputation for being one of those really like so bad it's good movies. Right, it's right. Pretty soon, I have a feeling it will achieve Birdemic, The Room, Troll Two <laughs> levels of notoriety. Nice, nice. Oh. It's awful. It's terrible. 
Eric Roberts plays the voice of the talking cat, and he sounds like he recorded it from, like, a tunnel on a cell phone. <laughs> you can barely understand what he's saying. <laughs> and he's so noncommittal. He, he's clearly just reading from the scripts. Or he might even just I be reading it. from his phone, like the director just sent him the script. I love it. I love it. Which, quick sidebar, uh, speaking of the room, John <laughs> Paul and I had the the joy, the pure joy of seeing one of the showing, the midnight showings of the room together. On Easter Sunday, no less. Oh, was it Easter Sunday? Yes. And and was it and a Michael holy Sh- day? It was a holy day, and Michael Shannon was. Oh in the yeah, that's right. With us. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a great experience. That was it was that was classic. But anyway, yeah, a talking cat. Uh, don't watch the movie, but like if you look up YouTube clips, there's several like comedic reviews of it. Check it out. I think oh, you'll I'm greatly gonna watch appreciate that movie. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because bad action movies and bad horror movies can be like fun to watch anyway, just kind of as junk food. Absolutely. absolutely. Bad children's movies, Ooh, they're in another level. They're, they're on another level, level entirely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. There's also um, a movie that I watched a bunch as a kid as well, Milo and Otis. I don't know if you've seen I, it. I kind of remember that. It. I watched it a bunch as a kid, and then I remembered learning, speaking of you know cruelty to animals causing great distress, apparently they went through several different dogs and cats in that movie to portray Milo and Otis. Mm. Milo is a little ginger kitty, and Otis is a pug. And it's a very cute movie. Oh, but I do remember that now. Yeah, it's a very cute movie, but it uh, I, I have a hard time supporting it now, knowing that there was some cruelty to animals that happened yeah. during the filming of that movie. There's also, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but Harry Potter, there's a few different cat characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Norris, who I think gets a bad rap, just because she's Argus Filch's cat. He sucks. I don't think Mrs. Norris sucks necessarily just because she's his cat. And then there's Crookshanks, who is Hermione's cat, who is who is really awesome in Prisoner of Azkaban and then is just kind of mentioned a few times. Like like plays a crucial role in one of the books and then it's kind of forgotten. So I uh, I resent that. I resent that. That's all I'll say about Harry Potter. Oh, uh, speaking of animal cruelty, if you want to see something on the other side of that. like. Yeah. Revenge for animal cruelty. Yeah. Um, there's a movie called Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Ooh, um, yes. You you told me a little bit about this. Yeah, I, f- I forgot that I had brought it up. Um, so it's an anthology horror movie that has like a, a an overall story that frames the, the segments within. Kind of like how uh, like the Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episodes would do uh-huh, in the early uh-huh. days. But the second segment is... It's an adaptation of a Stephen King story that I can't think of off the top of my head right uh-huh, now. But uh-huh. in any case, um, the premise is that an, there is an old man who hires a hitman to kill a black cat because he's convinced that this cat is trying to kill him because he's his like, I think it's a drug company has been has been responsible for a bunch of cat deaths uh-huh. testing their drugs. Uh-huh. So he hires a hitman to kill this black cat. And it doesn't go well for the hitman. <laughs> I'll say that. All right, all right. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's Cat's it's revenge. a it's fun. <laughs> I love it. I also just thought of along the same lines as like Hocus Pocus and Kiki's Delivery Service. There is also I haven't seen the remake, but Sabrina the Teenage Witch. 
Uh, yeah. And her cat familiar, whose name I can't think of right now. Wasn't it Salem? Oh, yeah, it was Salem. Duh. Which uh, I got Crow, my cat, right when I got back from my honeymoon, which is in Salem. Oh, my gosh. So that would have been, been another appropriate cat name that's had a, it not been taken good, away. That's a very good cat name. Yeah, I, I, I grew up going to Salem a whole bunch, mm-hmm. and I love it there. And I watched, I watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I never watched it, like, religiously, so to speak, but I, I watched a bunch of it as a kid, and I haven't seen the, the Netflix remake. Yeah, neither have I. I think it's um, in the same universe as Riverdale, which oh, I also haven't watched. Oh, okay. Yep. Nope. I haven't watched it either. Okay, that makes sense from some of the things that I've heard about mm. it. Okay, all right, it's all coming together. I hope Marlon Brando. Cat. Marlon Brando. <laughs> he also orchestrated Riverdale. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more the more there are. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is I I restricted my list to like domestic cats for the most part. Yeah, but if we were going to expand it to felines in general, this would go on forever. 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 Like the Jungle Book comes to mind. Yeah, the Lion and King. Lion King, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think unless you have more that you want to bring up, I think that's that's all I've got that I thought of. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned a talking cat, so I'm good. No, oh, yeah, we're good. We've we've completed our goal. <laughs> oh, hold on. I, I okay. actually there was a more specific reason why I wrote that down, and I completely oh, forgot yeah. to mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I have a kind of a running gag on my page and blog. Uh-huh. So the director of A Talking Cat is named David Dakota, and in the '80s he directed a movie called Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl Bolarama, and it's a running gag on my page that I try to reference that movie as much as possible. <laughs> so I said, I said I was going to figure out a way to mention it here, and I did. So there, you did it. You did it. I did. It. <laughs> you achieved your goal. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any other wine-related thing that I can talk about. There's there's so many. I guess I would just end with my with my caution that while it may be tempting to to buy a wine with a cute cat on the label, you can go for it, but it might not be good. There there's definitely some uh kind of cheap-looking wines out there. If it has a pun in it, beware. <laughs> beware, except for if the bottle is shaped oof. like a cat. Yep. No. <laughs> yeah, don't buy don't buy bottles shaped like cats. There is there is a company, a wine company that I discovered called Rare Cat Wines in Napa, and they're one of those they're one of those wineries that like they don't distribute. You just have to like get on their special mailing list, and they'll send you wine every so often. That's very expensive. Oh yeah, there is one other German wine that I found. I and it like they look familiar, but there is a winery called Weingut Wildner, which again also German, and they actually have really cool cat art on their labels. You know, it's all a matter of taste. What what looks cool mm-hmm. and tasteful to me might look trashy to someone else, and vice versa. So you know what? If there's a cat on a label, try it. But try you've it. you've heard my you've heard my recommendations. You heard it here first. Right. I do want to say, though, I mean, you've been mentioning some German and Italian and Japanese wines. This is not working in favor of giving cats a non-evil name. Yeah, that's true. That's These true. These are the Axis powers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true, I guess. Um, 
Well, uh, and on that note. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that there's just, you know, cats are misunderstood. Cats are misunderstood. Yes. Or maybe they're understood as much as they want to be. Yes. Actually, I think that's probably more accurate because they control all things. Let's be real. They do. I have a theory that if there is reincarnation in terms of being reincarnated as other species, Mm -hmm. cat is the highest evolution. I think so. I think it is it is the life. I mean, ooh, this is one one last thing. Oh god, what's it called? I might have to do a quick Google. But there's there's a documentary about Turkish cats. I think it's on YouTube Red. Yeah, I think it's called it's called Kedi or or Kedi, K E D I. And it's about it's all about cats in in Turkey because in in Istanbul specifically. So I I haven't seen it, but I really want to see it. But that being said, you know, there are definitely cats out there who are not living the easy life of Queen, Loki, and Crow. So, you know, anything you can do to to donate to your local animal shelter, or Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of donating to um, actually homeless shelters, donating like like cat food and or dog food to homeless shelters, because actually when homeless people have pets, it, it seems to help both the pet and the person. So the more you can help and support that. That's that's a thing that I like to that I like to support. But uh, but that's just my little my little, uh, you know, two cents there. Yeah. And to add on to that, please adopt black cats. Yes. They do not get adopted enough because, well, for superstitious reasons and also because apparently uh, people at shelters now say that people don't want to adopt them because they don't photograph well, which is a stupid reason to not adopt a cat. That is the stupidest reason ever. And it's not true because my cat photographs very well. She is gorgeous. She is gorgeous. Well, John Paul, thank you so much for being here. Mm, my pleasure. I got to have wine and talk about cat movies. So you know, that's 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 what we like to do here. Besides following Mondo Volgari on Facebook, is there any which there are links to in the show notes? Is there anything else that you would like to plug or talk about? Probably not. Almost everything I do is on that page. So awesome. My my whole existence is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to find out everything in the universe about John Paul and yes. the the uh, conspiracy orchestrated by Marlon Brando, <laughs> follow Mondo Volgare. Yeah, I, there will be further developments on this, so yes. stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, John Paul, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Yes, cheers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I just wanted to reiterate that if you love cats and or dogs and or animals in general, do check out your local animal shelters and see how you can donate, adopt, or sponsor the animals there. If you would like to donate pet food or supplies to homeless shelters, as I mentioned before, check out petsofthehomeless.org. To help prevent animal cruelty, you can always donate to the ASPCA. There are links to all of these things in the show notes. And don't forget to follow Mondo Volgari on Facebook. And if you feel up to it, take our listener survey and make pairing a better experience for everyone. Check that out at bit.ly slash pairing survey. Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Scherzarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Julia Schifini. 
Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Check out our new merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.